we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. And welcome to another exciting episode of Gratuitous Sex and Violence, the podcast where we watch movies and then discuss them. Today's movie is Showgirls, a 1995 erotic drama film written by Joe Esterhaz and directed by Paul Verhoeven. And it stars former teen actress Elizabeth Berkley, Kyle McLaughlin, and Gina Gershon. My name is Orlando. And I'm Ned. And how are you doing, Ned? How's it, how's everything going? Oh, it's going uh, going pretty good, you know? Just um, just 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 taking it moment by moment. Moment by moment. That's yeah. all we can do. So have you have you seen Showgirls before? I have not. Uh, I'm Ooh, first time. Uh, yeah, I'm first time for Showgirls. Uh, I'm pretty Pretty, um, I'm relatively uninitiated in the work of Mr. Verhoeven. Um, oh, okay. The only film of his that I think I've seen is Starship Troopers. Oh, which is, uh, I mean, that's a great movie. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is one of the greats. I this is one of his more controversial works. I, I guess that's like the, all of his movies are kind of controversial. Well, that's though. the impression I get. This one, I think, uh, infamous probably would be the right word. Pretty infamous. Yeah, pretty, pretty infamous. It has a reputation for being one of the worst movies ever made, but yeah. recently it has been uh, reevaluated as sort of a kind of schlock masterpiece of satire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's and and that's kind of the impression I get with him as far as Starship Troopers is concerned. Mm-hmm. Like I remembered reading um, and if we ever do Starship Troopers, I'll probably talk more about this. But that, like, I was reading, like, the New York Times review of Starship Troopers, and they were like, oh, it's it's brainless, and it glorifies right. violence, and it's just a bunch of... And, right. and I was like, well, okay, whoever this reviewer person is clearly missed, like, the, the entire point. <laughs> point of the movie. So I think that, yeah, Paul Verhoeven definitely has a very satirical approach to... His stuff, just from what I know mm-hmm. about RoboCop mm-hmm. as well, on top of Starship Troopers. So, right. uh, so yeah, I look forward to seeing the uh, the, the diamonds in the rough. As so it were. we're gonna watch this movie in a second, and if you guys at home want to watch it, it is available to stream from Stars and also DirecTV. If you're a DirecTV subscriber, you can stream it off the uh, DirecTV app. If you don't have Stars or DirecTV, you can always rent the movie. Uh, Fandango now has it for $3.99, which isn't too bad for a two-hour exploitation drama. Um, so do yourself the favor and watch it, and then you can play along with us. So are you ready to watch Showgirls? Uh, as ready as... <laughs> as uh, you'll ever be. As ready as a fellow with a dream in his eye can be. All right, so we're going to break to watch Showgirls, and then we'll come back and talk about it. And if you guys at home want to play along... This is the moment where you watch Showgirls and then uh, come back, and we'll be back in one second. So, see you on the other side. Peace! I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. Welcome back. Um, we just watched Showgirls. And Boy, we sure did. Hopefully you guys watched Showgirls as well. So, what are your first reactions, Ned? 
Man. Um, <laughs> first time watching Showgirls. First time watching Showgirls. Yeah. Uh, go, uh, exploring deeper into the work of Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, I, I I'm gonna start by saying I do. Uh, I do think I like Starship Troopers better. Um, I, agree, I agree with that. Uh, I. Boy, I don't know. That was a that was a that was a chaotic movie. It was a wild ride. It was a wild it? ride. It was very chaotic. Um, it, throughout the movie, um, our uh, our heroine um, Nomi Malone, Nomi, Nomi Malone, uh, her character. Every time she dances in the movie, like she just has this very like it's pretty wild. Mu- yeah, she just has this like strange sort of like muscular gesticulatory quality to yeah. her dancing like in all it's very in jerky all the yeah there's jerky, like a, jerky. a very jerky uh yeah f- like yeah just very jerky like it's like she knows it's like she knows the steps but she's not fluid in it yeah and, but she's surrounded and the thing that's, is like she's surrounded by like really good dancing but everyone yeah. consistently calls her out as a great dancer yeah <laughs> well, uh, well the point i was gonna make was just that that weird muscular jerky quality I think it, it is the movie. That is, is the, the movie. movie. The movie, it, like like so, is very, very odd and gesticulates a like, lot yeah, in my it, direction. It, and it, you're right. It, it knows the steps, but it doesn't do yeah. it in a fluid manner. Yeah, and she's <laughs> and and she is a good dancer, by the way. I'm definitely not. I'm not trying to necessarily take away or anything. Like, actually, I, I am impressed. Like, she. Definitely in all the dance sequences. I did not expect that much like real dancing to be in this There's movie because I dancing. didn't. I didn't. I didn't realize it was specifically about like you know big budget Vegas right. burlesque, mm-hmm. and um, so so I was not expecting to actually see that much like pretty pretty fucking good choreography going right, on. Right. Um. So 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 that was kind of cool. Um. But uh. And and yeah, she she was good at it. Um. Mm-hmm. But. Prior to this film, was was notable as a teen actress for what show? The actress who played Nomi, Saved by the Bell. But hold off on that fuck. We're going to talk about that a little more. Yeah, later. yeah. No, I, I, I guess I, I was just going to ask about that because I think like, like Nomi is a very interesting character, mm-hmm. and I think I could see a universe in which. I don't know if there were some tweaks to the performance or right. to the directing. Um, she 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 could have been a good fit for the role, but like the thing is, like the the whole movie really rests on her performance. It really does, and, yeah. And and and, and she's and, not very good. Yeah, I I I I really or Elizabeth Berkeley or Elizabeth Berkeley. But we're gonna talk about that in a little more in a little yeah. bit. But first, before we jump into a real deep discussion of this movie, because yeah, I have sure. a lot to say about this movie. I, I hope you do because <laughs> I'm, uh, there's a lot that I'm still processing. Um, so, but so, before yeah. we do all that, let's play some trivia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The trivia. Will... Showgirls trivia. Showgirls trivia. Oh my god. Are oh you ready for god. this, Ned? Uh, as always, doesn't matter. Doesn't big, matter. <laughs> as always, the big prize will be bragging, bragging rights. rights. And I and I won the bragging rights last time. Yeah, right? last time you did really good. So uh, let's see. I, I want. I want. I want another hit. And I'm trying again. I, as always, these are going to be five questions plus a bonus. And I try to um, put them in order of like least hard to most difficult. Okay. I, I would say you've succeeded in that in that so far. So I, I trust. I trust your. Uh, 
your your difficulty uh, curve. All right, so we're gonna go with question number one. Yup. What kind of animal disrupts backstage before Nomi's first show? Uh, monkey. Monkeys. Do you, what specifically are they though? Because they call them monkeys. They're not really monkeys though. Okay. Monkeys are is they, an acceptable. Are, are they chimpanzees? They're chimps. They are yeah, chimps. They're okay, chimps. Cool. Great. They're like little baby chimps. Okay. That's fair. That's all right. Fair. So yeah, and they shit all over the stage apparently. Yeah. Because the dope. guy feeds them garlic. Yup. Yup. You know, <laughs> it's a recurring gag in look, the movie. Fact of the matter is, I I love me my garlic, and I also love me some defecating on stage. Nothing like, opens up a burlesque review better than a monkey act. Let's be honest. Preach. <laughs> Fucking reach. All God right. damn. Okay. All right, question number two. Uh, the Japanese tourist at Cheetahs says, in America, everyone is a blank. Gynecologist. <laughs> da, ding, ding, ding. Everyone is a gynecologist. Yeah. Uh, I liked that line. There were a few lines I liked in this movie. That was definitely one of my favorites. So the, the thing is, like, Jap- Japan is known as a pretty, it's a fit, pretty, like, sexually fetish-heavy country. I'm surprised. I don't know what the strip club situation is over there, but I'm kind of surprised that that they, he would, like, be yeah. like, oh, America, all this, all this. Yeah, you know. I, yeah, because, like, I think, like, America is a very over-sexualized society. Right. Um, you know, like the whole, you know, just that sex sells and mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, women who continue to be on display all throughout our advertising and, and yeah. media. Yeah. And, and men too. And, and men to too. And men too. Um, to a lesser extent. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in Japan, uh, yeah, when it comes to like, you know, the, yeah, like the skimpy anime outfits oh, yeah. and stuff like that. It's yeah, like it's everywhere. Like, it's, it, yeah, there's, there is a similar dynamic, but it, but it's just a little different. It's yeah, just it's just different. a little slightly different. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I just thought that was interesting that the Japanese tourists would be like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That That's interesting. That is interesting. Um, okay. So you, uh, I, don't, I don't know. We, I feel like I got to cut out. I, I, we, we might have to cut out everything I just said about <laughs> trying to compare, uh, Sorry, American, Japan. American and Japanese, uh, sexual <laughs> no. customs. I, cause, cause I, I, boy, is that a topic that I have not studied. We have no idea. Know, honestly. I know nothing about it. This is just a first like impression take. I thought it was weird that, but, uh, who knows? Maybe they are into strip hey. clubs over there. Or maybe, maybe they're not. Maybe they don't have not. strip clubs yeah, over there. I don't know. Maybe he maybe he just was praising the American educational system. You know, that <laughs> that, that many people have the path Man, to gynecology. Everyone at this strip club has a degree. Man, there's passion <laughs> everywhere. Uh, all around me, these people who, who want to know more. And so do I. Um, all right. So you're two for two. Good two job. Two uh, Let's go to question number three. How much money does Crystal pay Nomi for her lap dance? Um, well, the total she pays for is five hundred dollars, which Correct. is four hundred fifty more than the the what it was worth. the the, 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 sta- the standard rate as as established by fifty dollars a pop, and she pays five hundred dollars yes. to see Nomi Malone yep, lap that dance is Kyle McLaughlin. Fac- factor of ten, yeah, I know. Right? Is that a, would mean, that be a factor of ten? Waste of money or. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, power move, obviously. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that, that, yeah, yeah. It's that, really, it was, um, it was really, um, it was powerful. Yeah, it was, it was a powerful move. Definitely like, a power move. Definitely a power move. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so question number four. All right. It's another Crystal and Nomi question. Okay. Crystal and Nomi bond over their mutual experience eating what type of food? Uh, puppy chow. Or doggy chow. Doggy chow. Doggy chow. Which, is that a... Re- wait, when they say doggy chow, do they actually mean actual dog food? Well, it's hard Cause, to... Cause it's like, it's kind of hard to tell, but I think that's, that's what they're going for. Because they okay. say that they've both had dog food, and yeah. then they both specifically say doggy chow. Okay. Because puppy well, chow is, is a mix. It's like a snack mix. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Right. When, I, when they were talking about that, I was wondering if they were talking about that. It's like that really addictive like right. snack mix, yeah, right? Yeah, it has like mini wheats and like other shit and in like, there. And like powdered sugar and right. peanut butter, and yeah. it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, um, but but they did but that's called puppy chow. But that's puppy chow. Okay. Uh, they were specifically said doggy chow. Right, so they just they just both fucking ate dog food. That's yeah. That, that was an interesting moment. Was I mean, an interesting. There's moment. a lot of like those like weird like I feel like left field moments in this movie where people just say like the most ridiculous shit and we're supposed yeah. to like go with it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like weird weird like weird moments of revealing character yeah. where it's just like oh these characters have this like yeah this like very weird possibly very deeply involved backstory, but then we don't really get that much more of it right, because right. then we're back to this weird you know, competitive story that's very strange and All right. discomforting. Anyways, more to more to discuss later. So yeah. four for four, you're doing great. You're doing I'm feeling awesome. great. Feeling great about it. Woo. Here is question number five. All right. This number is the five. hardest question of the night. Yeah. How many neon palm trees light up behind Zach Carey's pool? Four. <gasps> oh, ding, 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 ding. Yes, you're right. Four. Wow, this was like, you aced this. This was not, not even hard at all. Look, man. Uh, <laughs> some people miss the forest. Some people miss the forest for the trees, but not this guy. This guy's got the trees, got the forest, got the pool, got the dolphin spitting the water out, got everything. Dude, that pool. I mean, no joke. That's a nice fucking. That's a pool. nice fucking that, pool. Yeah, and he not, even has he even has those floating champagne glasses. Like no, he's man. all set. Yeah, that was the thing. Like I remember, like when I saw, like he just like abandoned the champagne and bottle. Everything just floated and, there, and it was just all floating there. And I was like, man. I was like, what a waste of champagne, and but then no, no, actually, it's just floating there. Waiting of everything. Thought of everything. Um, All right, here's the bonus question. All right, bonus question. Uh, What's Nomi's real name? Uh, Real name is Polly. Do you know the full name? Oh, I missed. I missed the last name. I know it was close enough to Pollyanna to make her to make her, you know, fucking shit a brick, but, um... Which is a nice way to incorporate that in, like, the, when they were in the chorus line. Yeah. Like, in the audition, because she, yeah. the guy calls her Pollyanna. Exactly, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what that was what I was referring to. Um, but, uh, I missed, I missed what the actual last name Alright, so, I mean, I'll also so give partial, it to you, because Polly, yeah, partial credit, so, yeah. the full name is Polly Ann Costello. Ann Costello, okay, okay. It's a name. It is a name. It is a name. name. But Nomi Malone. Nomi Malone is actually a pretty badass name, I think. I'm okay with that name. Very okay with that name. Um, So let's talk about this movie. Yeah. First, some stats. This movie was produced on a budget of $45 million, which was huge for the time. Especially for an NC-17 movie. It was the the most expensive NC-17 movie, uh, I think, to this day. Um, and it's the only NC-17 film to date to get a wide release. But poor reviews and the rating, NC-17, 
Kept audiences away, so it grossed only $37 million. It's considered a box office bomb. All right. Um, it's also kind of like the anti All About Eve. Have you ever seen All About Eve? Uh, ooh, a while ago. Like, so it has a similar yeah. story. It's uh, Betty Davis and Ann Baxter. And yeah. Betty Davis is an aging um, theater actress, and Ann Baxter is the up-and-comer. Yeah. And they kind of connive and scheme and... And uh, put she, yeah. Ann Baxter puts Betty Davis out of commission, so it it, it rips off a lot of about of, of, all about Eve. But here's the interesting thing that I found out when I was researching for this movie. So all about Eve is one of the most hailed movies of all time, critically yeah. hailed. Yeah, it's it's uh, my mom and I think at one point my sister's favorite movie. Too. Oh really? So it's, they, I mean, it's a great they loved movie. It. Um, yeah, but and I just I never got that attached. It to received it. 14 Oscar noms, won six. Showgirls, on the other hand, is one of the most critically reviled movies of all time, okay. and it it actually got a record thirteen Razzie nominations really? and won seven. Is, was the number of victories a record too? Or a was... record that still well the 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 record of, of seven was a then record, but it's no longer a record. However, Damn. the thirteen nominations is still a standing record of Razzies. Oh, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Including um, it won a worst picture, worst actress for Elizabeth Berkley, worst director for Paul Verhoeven, worst screenplay for Joe Esther has, worst new star for Elizabeth Berkley, worst screen couple for any combination of two people or two body parts. <laughs> Worst original song. And um, actually, here's another interesting thing. Verhoeven actually appeared in person to accept his Razzie. He did? He okay, did. that's good. That's good. Um, but you, but you after know, all that... Yo, uh, just have to say, uh-huh. just, just for a little Razzie's fun, yeah. um, one of my favorite uh, award acceptance speeches ever is Halle Berry accepting uh, the Razzie yes, for Catwoman. Threw classic. some fucking shade at her agent. Oh, it yeah. was a, a thing of beauty. Um <laughs> Anyways, just wanted to share that. But that's cool. That's good on Paul. Yeah, good for Paul. To, to show up. And, I mean, uh, the, the dude has a, had an interesting career. I wouldn't say like any of his movies have ever been critically lauded, but he's definitely yeah. had... Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like RoboCop is Robocop definitely like is a his, classic. Yeah, that's and, probably his most well-received movie. Yeah. But all of his movies like really like walk this fine line of like melodramatic satire. And this movie is definitely in that melodrama wheelhouse. Yeah. And despite... All of this negativity with the criticisms and um, how it was a bomb. It actually went on to be a, a really big success in the home video market. Yeah. It's now considered a cult classic. Plays at all the midnight movies, you know, all the time. Yeah. Let's talk about the melodrama as a, as a vehicle for social satire. Um, do you think that this movie was playing it straight? Or do you think that it was intended as a satire? Um, I think... I guess the, the the big question is like, what is it satirizing? Like, is it is mm-hmm. it meant to satirize? Like, um, is is it meant to specifically satirize the the Las Vegas show? Right. Um, showbiz is it meant to satirize showbiz as a whole, the entertainment industry as a whole? Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting because it definitely does seem to widen its scope a little bit here and there. Like by yeah. bringing in that fictitious musician who's a fucking, Andrew Carver, who, yeah, Andrew Carver, who's a fucking monster. He's a monster, like the worst kind of rapist monster, the worst like, human being. Jesus Christ! Um, just had to get that off my chest because that was still that that scene still kind of. We're going to talk show. more about that also. Um, but, uh, 
So, yeah, there are, like, a few instances of, like, kind of widening their scope a little bit. Um, but it... So, yeah, so so I think that it's... I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's, it's so weird, because I think it... It's definitely a melodramatic film. Oh, yeah. Like, it's definitely all very heightened and right. very, like, yeah, very larger than life, mm-hmm. all very in-your-face. Um, there's there's n- very little subtlety to be found anywhere None. in any of it. None subtlety. Um, <laughs> so... I guess I'm not sure. I, I guess I'm not sure how able I am to to make the judgment of whether I think it is playing it straight or whether it is trying to satirize I get, it. Because I, I think, well, also because I think like the movie definitely doesn't have anything nice to say about the entertainment industry. Right, it doesn't. Um, it's it's pretty clear early on that like you know. You know this 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 dream she has in her eye when she arrives in Las mm-hmm. Vegas to to be a dancer that that the dream is is gonna get tainted but good, and so I guess another way to look at it is you know if you think about it like is it even a successful movie because I feel like whether you're whether or not it's a satire or not like does it work on either level? Does it work as a straight erotic drama or does it work as an exploitation movie or does it work as a satire? Yeah, well, I guess that's the thing too because the, yeah, the the genre, I guess, like if, if we're just talking about like what genres are being billed as and sold as erotic drama is the is is that's what, what it's billed as, but it's obviously an exploitation movie. I yeah, would say there's that it's definitely, yeah, there's definitely exploitation plenty to go around. Yeah, um, and and yeah, I guess I don't know. I, I'm not too familiar with the erotic drama genre as a whole because I feel like most films, it's like you know, there's drama and there's a little of eroticism there are, in I there. Mean, like, I think like so, Adrian Lin, Lin like uh, Basic Instinct would be another one by Paul Verhoeven also, and wait. and uh, Adrian Lin movies like Fatal Attraction that would be okay. an, a, uh, a neurotic drama okay, as well. Cool. I want to talk about a little bit of the screenwriter. Maybe this will propel your thought process. A little so, bit, yeah. So, yeah. So, I think that's the thing. I just, I, yeah, I think there, there's, there, 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 it feels like there's just so much here, but it's also like, just, it's just also ridiculous. Like, how do you like, begin to unpack it? Like, what? How yeah. Do, yeah. How do you even begin to unpack it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, well, and, 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 yeah, and, and uh, Elizabeth Berkeley, right? Yeah. Know me? Oh, like just, I think, I think it just, it's, it's so weird because there's, there's something so kind of out of pace about her performance with everything else going on around her in a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, and it, it kind of has an impact because she is such a huge part of the movie and like, and it's and it's like she's eighty percent there, like she's eighty yeah. percent in the world. But then also, it's clear that she 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 doesn't really seem to have like the natural confidence to like to to like stick that last twenty percent in a way. I don't know if that makes sense. I feel like she only has like two modes of acting the whole time. Like yeah. she has like this very like subdued, not really in the scene kind of acting, and then yeah. she has this like really in your face exaggerating freaking out kind of acting a little bit yeah that's the thing is just that like yeah there she doesn't really ever i don't know it's weird it's it's like i think that like what what needs to be there for the character is not is it's it's not fully there it's not all it's it's like it could be there it could be there but just i don't know there's just something that's kind of out of step 
mm-hmm. uh, like like not quite on the same page as like uh, as as the other. Yeah, it's the other. So actors. she she was always as we talked about before. She was a former teen actress. She yeah. was on Saved by the Bell. Um, so her career really never recovered after this movie. And this movie was supposed to be her big break into the mainstream. After Saved by the Bell, you know, a lot of people who come from shows from that type they try to like make the leap into serious drama, and this was her yeah. risk into that leap. Um, but after the movie, she was dropped by her agent and other agents refused to take her calls. But everyone else in the movie was pretty much left Fine. unscathed. Everyone else yeah. had great, continued to have you know, decent careers. But her, her career tanked. Do you think that she deserved that for this movie? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's it, it isn't a great performance. It's not it's a great not. performance, and I think it's unfortunate. I think I think this is a this is a tough movie to not have a great performance in because yeah. of just like how exposed you are for right. it, and just how much of that extra kind of exploitative stuff you kind of doing for the you end up doing for the role um, and i think that and I, and, I, and, I, and i and i'm and i'm and and i wouldn't be surprised if if a big part of the the effect that it had on her career is wrapped up in the fact that right. she is at the center of a lot of the the sort of like titillating male gazy stuff that that's what i was about to does. say because i because i feel like Cause she, cause she does like, like she, she is like she the center fits, of a lot of the nudity of this film, and she fits her. the look, I guess, of the movie. I mean, yeah. I feel kind of disgusting saying that, but yeah, she is a very attractive person. She definitely fits what the movie's going yeah, for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely that. Like you know, yeah, very specific. Yeah, face and mm-hmm. body type. She's like very tall, which is like kind of interesting. Right. Like, um, but, and but yeah, like very sort of glamour model right, kind of right. look with, uh, yeah, with with the curvaceous body and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like, but, but yeah, but I, but I think it's like, it's the fact that, that she is like at the center of a lot yeah, of it's hard to remove her exploitative from stuff. And, and then combining that with just, just not doing that well acting it. And, yeah. um, and yeah, that's, that's, that can be kind of tough. So, um, so, so yeah, top. I think, I think, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, there's, there's some scummy stuff behind the backlash, but you can't deny it's not that great of a performance to begin with. So yeah, I I feel like uh, you know she one and it's just if this was her first like big role right. like after Saved by the Bell, then like you know like it's it's clear she kind of still had a lot to learn about just mm. like film film craft and and or like yeah like acting like the acting craft f- for film because like you know they're like. You know, film, you have to be very small. Like, I know this because, like, when learning how to do film acting, I was terrible at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I am only good on stage. It's I'm hard. not good it's on hard. film. And, 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 like, that was what, I guess that's kind of what I mean when I, when, like, her performance kind of struck me as so odd because it was just, like, like, basically all competent film actors, um, have like a very keen understanding of like what the frame is that they're in mm-hmm. and and they scale what they're doing right. to to match the frame and she kind of is the only person on screen who 
kind of doesn't have that sort of innate understanding. Right. And that's why, like, the weird, jerky, gesticulatory yeah. performance kind of kind of strikes you in that weird way because it's like, oh, she's she's doing something that's way too big for how she's being, you know, framed. And I'm actually one of those guys who I, I, I appreciate a campy performance because what you're describing basically is like a very campy, melodramatic performance. Yeah. But I feel like when when an actor actually gets what you're what what you're describing gets how to, you know, reduce their acting or play to the frame. Yeah. As you're describing. Um they also know how to play big for the frame. Well, exactly. Yeah. And and Elizabeth Berkeley doesn't understand how to play big for the frame. Like it, yeah. it's okay to have a campy performance like she had in this movie, but even then you have to play for the frame. Yeah. Um and and like a lot of the times like she the character also the way it's written, I guess, and and the, the way she portrayed it freaks out over like the weirdest things. Yeah. And then her go-to emotional cue is just to like flare her flail her arms about like really yeah. wildly you know yeah. and like get into people's faces like like that scene where um where i guess james uh, busts her out of out of prison or jail and he's like you have your arm stretched out saying back off motherfucker and then she does it you know yeah but she's like so like bad when she does she's like back up and like back off motherfucker and yeah it's like well you that could have actually been a, a nice moment that worked really well yeah if you knew how to play it but instead you just like went for it yeah well that's <laughs> go for bro and, and and yeah because like her yeah her character like her and james is actually kind of like a good example because it's it's clear that the two of them build a rapport like but we never really get to see that we never really get to see that blossom that much no. and like you know there's there's one or two scenes that kind of save it and make the dynamic work a little bit but um there's a lot of that in this movie there's a yeah. lot of like uh, stuff that we're supposed to pick up on without actually being set up yeah because i feel like like the james her and james's relationship um, we get like one or two scenes where we're supposed to find out that they're attracted to each other. And maybe it's just a matter that they didn't, don't really have any chem- chemistry because yeah. Elizabeth Berkeley doesn't have any chemistry. Yeah, um, not really. Maybe if, if, if they had had that palpable attraction, it would have sold it, yeah. but they didn't. So we don't really feel like, you know, why are you upset that he's sleeping with someone else or that yeah. he got that other girl pregnant? Like, you know, we don't really feel your loss because yeah. we never believed that you had anything in the relationship. Yeah. Um, but another one that struck me this time around was, so Al, uh, the, the guy who runs the cheetah club yeah. and Henrietta, who was like the mama bear of the cheetah club. Yeah. Uh, and it, both interesting characters, which we can yeah, talk about. Yeah. They're both interesting characters. Um, what, what were your thoughts? So, so they show up at, at back or on stage after one of her shows. Yeah. And without, they're not really set up. I guess Henrietta is a little bit, but Al definitely not. They're not really set up as these like heartwarming family type. Like we're supposed to believe that the strip club was a family, you know, yeah, and that, we'll- that scene, I think. And, and you know what? That scene, I'm, I'm like so glad you brought up that scene because that scene, I think kind of perfectly encapsulates like the sheer tonal disparity right. of the film. It was that awkwardly it's, tender well, and what like when he's like caressing her face and it's like, take care of yourself, kid. I'm like, where did this come well, from? You were such a well, jerk to her well, at the strip exa- club. Well and exactly because it's like it's like 
and 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 I think that that it perfectly speaks to that question of like how straight is this movie playing? Right. It? And 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 you can't fucking tell because it's like 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 because uh, because I can see I can see how that scene would absolutely be meant to be played as satire. Right. That it's like yeah. oh like the Cheetah Club is a fucking shitty place for her. It yeah. was awful. Yeah. Like the like the fucking guy who's like the 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 tender father figure was like fucking sexually harassing her. Everybody. Every day. everybody. Like, like sexually harassing everybody. <laughs> like everyone. Um. Like and. So, so like there was something really funny about that, but then like they just they really go all the way with like the tenderness between right. them, and then and then he says some fucking thing at the end of the thing. He says, uh, uh, "How is it like to work at a job where or, people or, don't come?" On oh you? yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that, last- which is like why why is that your parting yeah. thought? Yeah, um, and. And yeah, and and that's the thing is that like the flip side is, is like I could see it as satire, but like I could also see it as like as like them trying to actually play it straight. That like maybe it's like okay, yeah, the Cheetah Club was a shitty place, and maybe they were shitty people, but like there was still something there. But like you just you, you I, but they didn't I, set I didn't, it up that way. But yeah, that's the thing. Like I just I didn't have. I didn't have like enough grounding in what Nomi's like actual feelings are about. I, th- I think the if you wanted club. to do that, and so because of that, you can't you you can't even have right. the benefit of that scene playing either way. Like, like I think I think if if you wanted to, you could have had Al be a sympathetic character, but he really wasn't until that scene. Like Al yeah. was a jerk, and like everyone in this movie, basically all the guys are just like these huge jerks. It would have been nice to have like the one guy who works at this really seedy place but is actually a decent human being. That actually would have been a nice character to throw into this movie. Yeah. But or, we don't really get it, well, you know? Yeah, well, and, and, like, honestly, like, every single person in the film is, like, is is incredibly exploitative. Like, yeah. like every single person is out to get every other single person. And, um... So, yeah, it's, like, pretty exhausting that, like, even James's character, who's kind of meant to be, like, you know, somebody who has some semblance of, you know, like, you know... Wisdom. Of, of like, of like wisdom and, like, being in touch with what's actually important right. and stuff like that. Like, that's clearly the... It seems like that's the role that James' character's meant yeah. to be. But even he's, like, you know, clearly not upfront with her and, like, lies about mm-hmm. giving people dance opportunities to fuck them and stuff right. like that, too. So it's, like, there's... there's that's just, Vegas, baby. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> like, nobody that's, like, untouched by, you know, this, you know, opportunistic, you know, way to, you know, get yourself some fucking pussy. Like... I want to talk a little bit about the screenwriter because um, it, 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 I think that he actually makes some really good points about the movie after um, the fact. So first of all, Joe Esther has at the time, he had just, him and Verhoeven had just come off of making Basic Instinct before this movie. And Basic Instinct was also pretty critically reviled, but it became this huge hit with audiences. And all of a sudden, Joe Esther has, was the hottest screenwriter in Hollywood. He could have made, he could have written any movie, made any movie that he wanted to. They both could have. And they chose to make this movie. Joe Esther has chose to make this movie. And he was uh, paid the highest advance ever in Hollywood history for this film, two million dollars to write this script he says that his inspiration was that he wanted to create a big mgm style musical like the ones that we got in the 1940s and 50s but based in vegas so that's where i think we get what you were talking about earlier the big choreographed scenes 
the music. It was just like they had the budget and they they wanted to blow. They wanted to go all out with it. Like they wanted to like have a big old show. Which actually, like that actually, when I think about it and I think about the movie and I think about his intent or the germ of the idea, I actually think that that idea is a very very good idea. It's yeah. just that the execution is deeply flawed. Well, that's the thing, because then the movie just, it, it finds itself getting so mired and just like, and just like being so, you know, tawdry and just like, you know, there's just, yeah, it just, it, it feel, yeah, it just, it continues to kind of feel icky all over the place. And again, like, maybe there's a way to to have that and to, to convey that well. But I don't know. Like, yeah, like basically, it could have been interesting. It could have been interesting for them to kind of be to to kind of build up the idea of breaking into this particular showbiz market as being like this big aspirational thing. And they kind of and they kind of set it up. But like they don't. Yeah, they don't really fully. but, But yeah, like I yeah, like I wasn't I wasn't buying it that much. Like I feel like every decision that they made was like they made the most unsexy decision possible. Yeah. And it's like, it's which kind of weird for a movie that's like completely full of like nudity and sex. Yeah. It's not very sexy yeah. at all. Well, and yeah, and one, and also cause it's like, you know, you know, basically every pair of breasts we see in the film is like kind of the same type of pair of breasts yeah. with the exception of the mama bear from Cheetah. Cullen. Oh, right, right, right. Um, mm-hmm. but, but like, yeah, it's it's just like it, it's all this very just sort of like specific airbrushed mm-hmm. like you know brand glitter. of sexual yeah, yeah like glittery brand brand of uh, sexuality um, and yeah there's there's very little like legit eroticism around the film it's all it's all varnished and like this this kind of thing which again maybe that's the point but they did interview over 200 strippers and incorporated parts of those stories into the film yeah so in a way well that's the thing because i guess like you know like look it's not like like look if we're gonna if we're gonna make a film about if we're gonna make a film about you know what it's like to work in that industry then i don't think it's going to be a particularly sexy film like cuz cuz like you know that there that industry is rife with exploitation and with you know harassment and and assault and stuff like that like it's 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 like if we are going to try to make a movie that that really does try to kind of like you know peel the peel the mask back mm-hmm. then yeah i don't think it necessarily should be a sexy movie except the problem is that the movie is clearly trying to be a sexy movie yeah. about all this stuff too but like you can't you can't you have can't, it both ways yeah you can't have it both ways like you can't really it, it know, never yeah. it never tonally finds its footing. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. It's um, it's a wild ride, but it's like what what are what what is the point of it? Yeah. You know, like are you trying to tell us that this culture is bad or are you trying to tell us that um are are we just supposed to like watch an entertaining movie about women backstabbing each other? Like what yeah. exactly is this movie supposed to be? Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of everything. It goes everywhere. Now, you mentioned once that, that you were titillated by the film's poster. I just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, to Tony Stano, because the film's poster was adapted from a photograph by yeah. Tony Stano. Yeah. Um, 
And it's, yeah, that's it's a the thing. The, po- the poster, poster. Of the film, the poster of the film is like as sexy as it gets. Actually, like <laughs> it's the right much, amount of titillation. Like, it's, the right, it's the right amount of sexy. Like it's it's a good fucking design. It's a like, great, it's a poster. really good fucking design. Because I remember too when I was little, I was like, oh shit, that poster. Yeah, damn. man. No, it was it was yeah, it was it was formative. Thank you, uh, blockbuster, blockbuster. You know, adult shelf. You you made me the man I am today. Kyle McLaughlin, who plays Zach Carey, he's better known to audiences for his work in David Lynch works. Um, he's in Twin Peaks. He's in Blue Velvet. Uh, he's actually a really beloved actor in a lot of, in, the, in a lot of these circles. I, I, I'm, I'm personally a fan of his performance in The Flintstones myself. Oh but yes, do, but do go on. Um, <laughs> His, his first of all, Kyle McLaughlin's hair is pretty much a co-star in this movie. Yeah, but after the movie, he distanced himself from his movies. I want to talk about the character Zach Carey. What were your thoughts on him? Um, I mean, certainly the same as all the other men in this fucking movie. <laughs> you know, they're all fucking exploitative dirtbags. Um, and 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 uh, you know, obviously, I spoke too soon. You have that moment where like she tells him about you know how another person from the hotel like you know propositioned her yeah and, and then you see him like you know make a big show of telling the guy off and, and pre I, me too also yeah yeah pre me too well and then i had that moment with you of like oh me too and then it was so very clear afterwards when he got on the phone he's like ah, yeah it was dumbass. all show yeah, yeah it was all show um but good for her for standing up yeah, I was like, yeah, well, and I guess that's that's part of what kind of disheartened me about the whole enterprise a little bit, too, is that it's just like, you like, you know, like seeing that play out, like after she left kind mm-hmm. of was like, oh, man, that just like completely undermines like right. it completely undermines the fact that she like really did like stand up for herself. Yeah. But it's just like she has nobody she can fucking trust. Nobody. In this whole goddamn except for movie, Molly. Except for Molly. And yes. she fucking sells her down the river. Yeah, a little bit. Like, I, I don't know. Well, and I don't even know. Like that. Uh, that's a tough one because I don't know that she like is fully aware of how badly she sold Molly down the river. She's like, not. It's not. Like, she's not, not on purpose. She, like, yeah, it was like not on purpose at all. But like, but she does it because it's not true. Like it starts with she's not truthful with her. You know, yeah. like, she she clearly is the one who sabotaged Crystal Connor's career, and Molly, the one person who's had her back the whole time, like finally sees her for who she is, and Nomi basically manipulates her yeah. and gets her to come to this party, uh, and things do not end up well. Um, but that relationship is probably the most wholesome relationship in the movie is her and Molly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I don't know. I have, Molly takes her in like, she's a stranger when yeah. she goes to Las Vegas and just yeah, takes Molly, her in. Yeah. Molly. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, 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 yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a flawless character in a way, just for right. like how, how, how welcoming she has to her. Especially considering that like the first time she sees her, she's fucking hitting her car. Hitting like, her car and hitting then throwing up all over car it. And then throwing up all over it. Like, I'd be like, look. <laughs> here's here's a twenty. Go get sort, yourself a get, burger. Get yourself fucking sorted out. Go eat one of your famous burgers, yeah. Nomi. Good lord, Nomi eats so many burgers in this movie. Look, my heart. Yeah, my she, heart. She man. loves them burgers. Yeah, look, I don't blame her. Look, fucking good burger, man. 
Um, and it's kind of crazy. Also, like Molly has th- his, this career. I guess she's like the uh, the the costume, um, yeah, like, or, or like wardrobe, wardrobe wrangler. Or, what would you call it? Um, probably yeah, like wardrobe. Yeah, like wardrobe assistant or something assistant, like that. Assistant, something like, like yeah. that. For 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 Goddess, the show. Yeah. Which we haven't talked about. So the the show's called Goddess and it's yeah. at the Stardust. Um and, and it's so it's kind of weird because like in a way the movie um kind of like lives in this world where okay, so like so Molly uh, uh, Nomi knows Molly who works at the Stardust and then Nomi's a dancer at Cheetah and then Nomi meets this uh, Crystal Connor who is the star of, the, of, of Goddess and then she goes to Cheetah's and sees her dance and then asks her to dance in, in or gets her to dance in God. It's like this very weird convoluted kind of like plot going on. Well, there. yeah, and it's and it's interesting because I think there there's something interesting in how... Crystal seems to clearly at first like she kind of simultaneously is like looking down on Nomi and also seeing potential in Nomi Respects and also potential and also like you know clearly is attracted her to oh, yeah. there's like you know a shit ton of homoeroticism going oh, on oh, there. Oh yeah, totally. Um but like yeah, she's kind of like doing all those three things and then she kind of you know toys with her at the Cheetah Club. But then also kind of seems to, it, it, it seems like Nomi kind of catches up to her pretty quickly. And suddenly it's like, oh, wait, no, she's actually, right. she's actually fucking gunning for me now. So I found that kind of interesting but they, to see how that evolved. So but, those are the two, I think the two uh, central relationships in the movie are Nomi, Molly, Nomi, Crystal. Um, and yeah. and like you mentioned, the, the relationship with Crystal is really interesting because she does kind of like impart wisdom and it's actually not bad advice that she gives Nomi. Yeah, she kind I mean she she ends up kind of being right and right. and you know Nomi ends up, you know, winning the yeah. game between the two of them yeah. by by following her advice mm-hmm. and um yeah, and then leaves it all behind. And leaves it all behind. So she she walked away a winner. A little bit. Right? A little bit, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I guess maybe that's that's part of the structural problem that, like, she she never really she like Nomi never really like actually suffers the consequences of like no. letting herself of of peop- of like embracing this this industry. You but know what both I mean? of both of the people in those central relationships do, which is why I think that that's yeah. like the central through line is so because like Molly and Crystal both suffer. Yeah. from her decisions in, in different but similar ways. Yeah. Obviously, this movie is very exploitative. Yeah. But is Nomi's arc empowering because she does leave the movie a winner? I don't know. You know, it just if if we just had a better actress for Nomi, I could fucking answer. <laughs> I need that the question. layers. I need the depth. Like I just I like I have a hard time saying for sure because like yeah because like you you just uh, I don't know. It's hard to say she even wins because it's like yeah she gets the fucking top dog position, but also like you know she fucking leaves it all behind because it's clear that her past is in danger of coming out and especially after she you know fucking brutalized the shit out of raping mcraperson yeah um but uh, but but you could also look at it like she leaves it all behind because she learns the real lesson 
Or Maybe. at least that's, I think that's what we're meant to take away from it. But again, it's not, it's not executed well. No, it's really not. Yeah, it's just... Because the last shot of the movie, I think, is what sells me on that that's what they were trying to go for. Yeah. Um, because she's driving away with the guy who we, again, call back to the beginning. That actually yeah. is kind of clever, that how a book ends with the same guy, I think. I, I appreciated that. Um, like and that. then as we drive to the next Sin yeah. City, Los Angeles, um, the camera pans to uh, a billboard of yeah. her, and uh, the show is called Goddess. So yeah. it's, we're meant to leave with like, okay, Nomi Malone is a goddess. Yeah, well, and and I think it, it, it I, I liked that bookends because of also I think like just the better understanding we have of who she is when she gets into the truck, right? B- in the beginning versus the end. Yeah, but like in the beginning, it's like, oh, you know, she's a girl getting into a stranger's truck to hitchhike, like. You know, it can't end well for the girl. Like mm-hmm. you just you 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 have to assume the worst just based on the conventions of film. Um, and but but then by the by the end of the film, and you've seen how much she's done, and you know that she has an even more checkered past behind her mm-hmm. from like you know assault with a deadly weapon levels of shit. So it's like by the end of the film, you know. You know that she fucking has what it takes. So it's like when she gets back in that truck again, you're not thinking, "Oh God, this poor girl anymore." You're thinking, "Oh yeah, that that dude, <laughs> that fucking dude is about yeah. to goddamn get it." Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I think I think alt. I think any potential that this film had for like having an empowering message. It, it squandered. It, 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 it gets squandered by the fact that the film very clearly is written from a very male perspective. Oh, yeah. I think, like, you know, all of the female-female relationships, while there is definitely some, like, interesting eroticism going on, it's still very geared towards men's enjoyment and not so much towards, like... I agree with you, but also I just want to say that I don't think that Paul Verhoeven, at least at this moment in his life, I'm not even sure if he's ever watched like an actual like burlesque show or seen some porn because he really does shoot things in in the least sexy sexiest way possible. Yeah, he like strips all the eroticism out of all the yeah, erotic scenes. It's it's very it's very cold. It's very yeah. It's very like. Just like that fucking pool scene, the pool you know? Scene. Like, Who has just, sex just, like, like that? Yeah, like, that's, that's not, not sexy. That's not how that works. And I haven't had that much sex, guys. Like, I, but, like, I know, I know and enough then, to know that And then that Zach Perry's like, you're a fantastic fuck. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> I would, no. like, freak out. I'd be like, get out of my That'd pool right really now. uncomfortable for me. Like, <laughs> I'm going to down the rest of the champagne. You just take a taxi I'd, cab I'd be home. in a corner crying after that. Like, that's, 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 that's a lot. That was a lot. And I was also thinking about that during the lap dance scene, like when she's like grinding on him. I'm like, yeah. man, that's gonna give you like some mega like je- like pants burn right there in your pants yeah. body. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's not- that that'd be that'd be a lot. Like or, or like you gotta build to that. You gotta build to that more slowly. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. So that, it's so it's kind of been- weird because I agree that it's all very male gazy, but I'm like, dude, do you even know <laughs> what erotic means? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's. I think that's another reason why people are like, is it a satire? Because if he played it straight, then why wouldn't he try to accentuate the eroticism and the sex appeal of the movie? Instead, he he really does try 
And it's not like he can't do it because there are sexy scenes in a lot of his other work. I feel yeah. like even in Starship Troopers, I feel like does yeah. a better job at the sexual stuff. Yeah. Um, and Basic Instinct is this huge erotic thriller that's also very tenderizing. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, if I were to think erotic thriller, I, I haven't even seen Basic Instinct, mm-hmm. but I would think Basic Instinct. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's... Yeah, but this movie is is not erotic. Yeah, there's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of sexy here. <laughs> All right, yeah. so we're gonna wind down our discussion with the first of our winding down segments, which is called shots, 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 shots. All right, more violence than I expected, but no deaths, but no deaths, but yes, a lot of violence. Oh yeah, I mean we have we have sabotage on stage. We have. Two big stage accidents. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both pretty malevolent. Very malevolent. Very Ugh. intentional. Very brutal. Oh, man. Hurts to watch. Like, the, like Crystal tumbling down that sta- those stairs. Is, yeah, that, yeah. Like, I think I, I, I'm pretty sure I made, like, an audible like, groan right. when I watched that. That was, that was, oh, painful. Painful. Uh, and um, then there's the... Uh, the that, dancer tripping on the beads. Yeah, and the dancer tripping on the beads, that was that was pretty awful. Um you have oh, that awful scene with poor Molly at the, the party, rape scene. the rape scene, which is just like and 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 also like I mean again, it's like it's 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 vile and awful enough that like, you know, this fucking asshole, like, you know, lures her up to this room and then, like, him and his two buddies go to town on her. But then, like, on top of it, he's doing that weird thing with his tongue in her face. Dude, and I was just like, what, what the hell is this I don't this even bullshit? get that. Like, what is he trying to do like, with his yeah, tongue? Yeah, where, where, how do you, how do you, how, yeah, like, just, ugh. That was another thing, too, that I'm like, Paul Verhoeven obviously directed him to do that, but why? Yeah. Like, again, like, I just don't, yeah. that has he ever it even kinda, seen it, yeah, a sex it, scene? Yeah, and it all, and, and it, 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 like, it just, it kind of like it diffused like the legitimate horror of that scene by just being so, so over the top over the and, top like yeah and i feel like if i'm being honest with myself which why wouldn't i be if i'm being honest yeah. um i feel like that scene the rape scene is the worst part of the movie yeah i feel yeah, like that was the tough absolute it was worst movie yeah it was real and tough it's not even be, and it's not even really because it's a rape because although that is really bad it's just like why would you even do that at that moment? There's like, even if you wanted to go with that, you didn't have to yeah. show it, you know? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you know. It felt very exploited. Yeah, yeah. On on screen, yeah. On screen depictions of rape are, are really, really tough. Um, they because, are. Because it, it, it really just is such a, it's, it's just such an, uh, an awful thing the to, only, to, to do to another person. The only and, one I think that, actually that I've ever seen that's successful is the one of uh, Pensataki in um, Orange is the New Black. That's like the only one that I've ever seen that's Ooh, I don't think I've even. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've. I, I, I don't think I've seen that one because I only saw the first season. Oh so yeah, that was that like was in season three, I think, oh, or okay. two or three. Yeah. So, but yeah, but that was like a. That's a show written by women, like directed by women. Yeah. So they obviously know how to frame like that horrible. I mean, it's a horrible event for a yeah. woman. Yeah. And actually, Joe Esther has uh, is quoted as saying. That rape scene was a god awful mistake in retrospect, a, a terrible mistake, he says, yeah. unquote. So yeah. even he acknowledges that it wasn't like the best decision to make. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty fucking awful. Because um, I feel like, so even if, if, because Andrew Carver does get his comeuppance. He does, yeah. But well, the in, beating, in our last example of violence right. for this uh, segment, but like, yeah. But the beating of Andrew Carver 
is not shown in as much detail as Molly's rape. No, it's not. No, and, it's and not. And I'm dumbfounded at, like, if you're going to go all out, then why not go all out? Why? Yeah. Let's actually see that motherfucker get kicked in the fucking face, yeah. you know? But, that, but that's the thing. Again, it's just like that, like, every woman in this film is there to be... Is there to be exploited? Right. So yeah, they make full they make full use of Molly in a way that they Ugh. don't make use of. And and Molly, of, like I said, yeah. she's like the like the one like really wholesome character in the movie. So she's like the one person that you don't want anything bad to happen, and then the worst fucking thing happens to her. Yeah, it's it's yeah disgusting. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, but so on that note, talking speaking about disgusting, let's go to the next segment, which is boob tube. And boy, this was a fucking boob tube, all right. Like there was, it was there a was a fest. lot of boob, <laughs> so much boob, a lot I, of nudity. Yeah, I, I don't think there's even like maybe like two minutes that goes by without like nudity of some yeah, sort. Yeah, you'd be hard pressed. You'd be hard pressed. Um, and 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 also just like a lot of like Nomi's like regular like wardrobe choices. Like tend, yeah, to, revealing. tend to flash nipple, um, you know, like yeah, just like you couldn't have had a helpful stranger just be like, you should cover up or something yeah, like I know. That. like uh, yeah, that's that was a lot, that's a lot, and 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 yeah, like this, like yeah, the sex in this film is 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 is, is it's like it's like an a ten year old boy's. <laughs> Best, <laughs> like like somebody told a ten year old boy what sex is, and right. was like, okay, now direct this sex yeah. scene. And boy, did boy did he try? I know it's like um, it's like that that uh, cliche of like when when uh, <laughs> when the kid like walks in the parents having sex, and the parents are like, oh yeah, we're just doing somersaults. Like that's literally what this is is like just yeah. people doing somersaults, just yeah. like doing gymnastic routines Seriously, with each other. That fucking pool scene, <laughs> the fucking lap dance. Some. Um, uh, I, I will say I think um, the 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 sexiest of the sex scenes. There uh-huh. wasn't a lot of sexy to go around. Uh, was reserved for uh, that scene in James's apartment yeah. when mm-hmm. they had that little dance routine right. together. Like I was like, okay, that was like nice and steamy, yeah. and they seemed to have good chemistry nice, in that uh, moment. Smoke in the room. Um, yeah, and again, not that much chemistry right. to go around for the the majority of the film, but but um, yeah, the choreography seemed to work for them. They they found a few good positions that just seemed to really, you know, that they they seemed to have a little fun with. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that was that was good for them. I I hope I hope they enjoyed in that moment as well the only guy <sighs> that gets like really any nudity treatment is Kyle McLaughlin we see his ass yeah yeah we see some full we see some full Kyle ass some full, and, some full uh, moon there good good for him you know hey look he, he he's He's, he's got a good look on my backside. <laughs> look, I'm just saying, like, you know. Kyle's an attractive person. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a beautiful man. I mean, beautiful the man. hair yeah. doesn't do him justice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, no. That, that hair. That haircut. I can't, like, why would it, you? It's a, test, it's a testament to his virility <laughs> that uh, that he makes that hair work as best as it like, can. What are you doing? Why, why, why did we do this to Kyle? Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, a lot of boob. Um, yeah, and 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 I mean, yeah, like I, dur- during the movie, like I literally turned to you and said, "Wait, are there actually shows like this?" When we yeah. were like watching one of the one of the many dance sequences, there are of a just lot like of the, the topless, the topless, heavily choreographed, like exquisitely produced 
things. Yeah. Like it's a thing that happens in casinos. In fact, I'm going to share you a little family history here. Are you oh ready boy. for this? Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right so my my parents were actually they were married in, in Puerto Rico. I mean, my my family's Puerto Rican. Yeah. Um, and for their honeymoon, they actually stayed at a uh, casino in San Juan, the capital of Puerto Rico. Okay. And um, since they were like a newlywed couple, they like gave him like a deal on the show. It yeah. was like a dinner and a show, which this. God is like everyone wants to see together a table, it's so it's like a show, dinner yeah. and, a t- and a show. And it was an ice capade show. Okay. Which, I, you know, like it's kind of cool to go to Puerto Rico, go to a casino, catch an ice capade show. Yeah. So my parents I, uh, have told me this story uh, about, like, my parents are like fairly conservative people. Yeah. And uh, they're seated uh, at this table with like other, another newlywed couple. There's like four of them. They sat them together. Yeah. And when the show starts, it turns out that it's a topless ice capade show. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, no, no, I'm, I'm hugging my chest right now. And, oh, that sounds awful. And my mom is like mortified because my mom is very uncomfortable with nudity. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. even like. She doesn't even like uh, to watch like Moulin Rouge. She thinks it's too sexy for her. Oh, that's the type of person she is. Oh, oh so my, my summer child. I know my my newlywed mother <laughs> watching a new like a topless ice capade review. Oh, that sounds so painful though. Like, what if you fall? Like, oh, hey, exploitation, oh. baby. Man. That's the name of the game. But there's something like that's girls. part. Of, that's there's something in the culture of casinos. I guess like they have these bur- like high quality burlesque shows. Yeah. And, and Vegas is the king of them. Wow. So, and again, like, I feel like missed opportunity. You could have totally gone in and done like a satire of that type of um, yeah. culture environment. But yeah. um, we have one more segment. And this next segment is. Yeah, that's problematic. problematic. And, and I mean, the whole movie pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. Like, yeah, <laughs> problematic. The film. Like, the film is so. We, have, we haven't even so talked. We haven't even talked about the gay characters in the movie. Which are Ooh, yeah. sidelined but used in a very weird, cringy effect. Ooh, yeah, that weird moment. Like it, it was interesting because because I thought it was it, it was it was interesting to have a moment of acknowledging that not every single member of the dance company can possibly be gay. Right, there like, is I one pers- straight guy, but the one straight guy is also a fucking asshole as well. How? How? Who's like harassing his fellow dancers? I, I like, have a lot of dance friends, and they are usually like really cool. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't bad people, but they're usually yeah, really no. cool people, and. I feel like if you're an actor, like we're both well, and when I, in, in theater, it, like we respect people, you know. Well, yeah, like, and and and, and well, and yeah, I think that's what I found very unbelievable yeah. about it is like you know the the level of discipline, uh, you know that's that you're called upon to do dance, right. like you know that and and the and just how much close physicality you have, yeah. like not even like within the realm of burlesque, just like any fucking dance form. Yeah, theatrically. Like, yeah. like you, you, you learn, you learn to, you know, have that kind of physical intimacy, but to still, you know, respect your Be partner and, and take care of your partner. So, so yeah, it was very, it was very jarring to just to have like, oh yeah, we're going to just have one straight dancer um, and we're going to have him, you know, harass the female co-stars and then we're going to have the two gay dancers harass him. Right. Like in, in return. So like, it's yeah, so it was weird. Like yeah, so why it was very 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 weird, weird choice very, uh, not very. not a good choice um in my opinion yeah I no. feel like there is a lot of misogyny in the movie in fact uh, the Rotten Tomatoes consensus says vile contemptible garish and misogynistic and that might just be exactly Showgirl's point 
So, which is my next question is like, because it is a very misogynistic movie, but is that the point of the movie? I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough to. And it, let me share one more thing before you answer tough. that. Let me oh, yeah, share one more yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. Because uh, Joe Esther has. I keep coming back to him. He's a very interesting person. But he actually took out a full page advertisement in Variety after yeah. the movie came out because he felt that the advertising of the movie was misguided. Yeah. And he thought that the the movie like was being advertised as this like erotic thriller, but he says he, he dubbed the film a morality tale. And he wrote that the movie shows that dancers in Vegas are often victimized, humiliated, used verbally and physically raped by the men who are at the power centers of that world. So whether whether or not that comes across in the movie, which I don't think it does, he at least has it in his mind. I mean, and, 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 and I would say, and, and I would even, I would even give him a little, I'll give him a little credit in that, like, I I would say that was clear to me. I I would say that that aspect of the film was definitely clear to me. Like it, it, it was clear that, you know, it was clear that like, obviously like this is, this is an industry where men hold all the power and they really do wield it over the women to devastating effect. Yeah. And, um, it, 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 like all of that was just clear to me, but like I think there was just there was so much additional tawdriness going on. There was just so much like extra pettiness going on. Mm-hmm. So many just you know perplexing character choices that continued to be made that all just seemed to kind of take away from that totally that core message. And so uh, yeah, I guess the question I wanted to ask you was like I guess yeah like what would what would your diagnosis be? for like how to get the film back on message. Like what would you like what would you try to put in? What would you try to take away? Like what would you what, like if, um, if you could think of like one or two, like cuz obviously there's a lot that could be done I to know, address this film. I know there's so much you could do. But but I, I'm, I would, I'm curious I, what you Honestly, I would focus it. It's very unfocused, I feel like. It's yeah. uh it it tries to it tries to like be I guess in a way like an epic story yeah and i really feel like if they had just pared down some of those plot lines a little bit and just like streamlined the movie because it's a two it's a two two hour over two hour movie yeah this movie could have been like like an hour 40 and it would have been like the same message everything just cut snip snips bang bang and then it would have been better um i i like that it's taken its cue from all about eve but I feel like that's that's really interesting, and I, it, that that makes me want to watch all about Eve, which and, is yeah, a great and, movie, and reconsider this one. But, right, um, but I feel like it takes like all the wrong. It just like takes like the basic like plot structure of All About Eve, but it doesn't take any of the other lessons about like what makes All About Eve like a great movie. You know, yeah. which is like you know has a great dialogue, acting, and it's just like a very streamlined, easy to follow plot. I like the idea of. You know, we're gonna we're gonna show this from the point of view of a, of, a, of a girl who goes to Vegas and tries to make it big and see how high she can rise. I like that idea. Uh, like you said, I feel like there's just like a lot of like unnecessary titillation. I feel like if we had given her an actual family in the strip club and actually made that like a decent home base for her, where yeah. like even even that even that alone would have cut off like half the tawdriness of the movie, and it, I think that it would have been um, better for her character development because now she's leaving that safety zone that she found and she's going yeah. into 
this high class glamour show that actually turns out to be more tawdry than the strip club. But yeah. but right now it's like she's well, going the, out of the, like the frying pan into the fire kind of thing. Yeah, well that's the thing, and it's weird because it's like it's it's definitely one of those things where like you know the film tries to call it out directly with right. James being like, oh there's it, that's a strip club over there too. At least what you were doing before. Yeah, you was still honest. get tits and ass, and it's like and it's like it's like yeah, I get it, but like. I don't get it. That's the line like, in the movie. That's not something I'm saying, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the line in the movie is he says, like, do you still give him tits and ass? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I knew what you were saying. Okay. And, and, if, and if our listeners were doing what we told them to do, then they, they would have watched they the movie. Under, they would have under, under, understood. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, no, I agree. Yeah, the, I think and that I makes think, sense. Like, the, yeah. the, the moral wisdom that we get from characters like James... Um, or the misguided moral wisdom that you get from an Al type of character when he comes back and tries to be a father figure is all undercut by not having that focus uh, on, on on the character Nomi. Instead, it's like, okay, I, I feel like what, what they're doing is making Vegas the main character at the expense of Nomi's journey. Yeah, I, I I hear that because mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's clear that they wanted to do a lot and right. they wanted to and they you know they they wanted to show their work a little bit you yeah. know like that like hey we got the fucking budget so we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna right. pull out all the stops and we're gonna show it all off and yeah they just they really needed to they really needed to yeah they really need to focus in on Nomi they really needed to they really needed to make it clear like what the effect it like what effect that kind of life actually had on her like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not saying they need to like go through a whole cliche of like, oh, she, you know, she ends up brutalized in somewhere. She ends up hooked on drugs or something like that. But it's like right. they toy with those things by like having her like, you know, take a little sniff of cocaine after she hadn't for the entire yeah. film. And then they never really, then they never really go back to that. They never really address like, oh, she, she fucking right. like is, is, is this going to be what her life is now? Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I think, and, I, and yeah, and they never, and they never, and they never stick with that. Right. They never, they never thread it out. They yeah, I don't. I don't think that she needs to fall. Like uh, she doesn't need a bigger fall from grace. Yeah, what she needs is a better setup so that when she does go through those moments of being like morally misguided towards the end and to the point where she's attacking her her fellow co star or um, or um, co worker, uh, so that we can buy the fall from grace. Yeah, because like right now, I feel like she's just like this very shallow person who somehow makes it and then we're supposed to like and she learns yeah. lessons but we're supposed to like care for her for some reason but we don't really yeah. there's not really a reason to care for her yeah that's initially. the thing i mean like yeah she's she's the only person who doesn't really like overtly exploit another person in mm-hmm. the film other than molly um bless molly bless um, molly sorry molly oh, i'm sorry man. that they did all that the, to oh you. yeah all these all these poorly man we're gonna have to like just like set up a fucking hang for like all of the underappreciated <laughs> women underappreciated yeah we should we should um, have like a blog underappreciated women blog yeah man uh put midge in there yeah fucking midge man from, from vertigo yo midge um, midge would show would show these poor women a good time that's for sure I, I actually think that this movie, Showgirls, would be a good double feature to 
like if uh, if I had a movie theater, I would run a m- double feature with this movie and Casino, the Martin Scorsese movie, mm-hmm. which also came out in 1995 and is also based on Vegas. Actually, tackles a lot of like similar themes, but it's done in a much better effect. Yeah, I actually have still never seen Casino. Okay, that's so. maybe like a good one for mm-hmm. a different episode. It might might have to be. Yeah. All right, so that basically wraps up the discussion for today for Showgirls. Um, so, what are your final thoughts about the movie, Ned? Um, is it a good movie? Is it a great movie? Is it a bad movie? Is it just a so-so movie? <laughs> is it good so or movie? is it great? Uh, it's like, oh, boy. <laughs> Those oh. are your two options, good oh, or great. So, so many choices. Um, good movie or the best movie? <laughs> Uh, it ain't, it ain't, <laughs> I think, um, at the end of the day, um, though I can understand, I can understand why, uh, why people have since its release continued to come back to it. Mm-hmm. There is a lot going on. Yeah. There is a lot there. There's a lot to mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do appreciate that. Like, certainly I don't think, I don't think the film was necessarily like, careless I guess you could say like it wasn't a careless film like it was clear that it was clear it had that, intent that, yeah it was it was definitely clear that it had some some serious you know chutzpah of intent behind it but um very flawed though but ultimately yeah very flawed execution um I think it was not served by its by its leading performer um and uh I think that uh it could have done with some tightening up, tightening up of the writing, some tightening up of just like, yeah, of its focus. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, uh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say it's good. I wouldn't say it's bad. I guess I'd just say it's, it's, it's interesting and cringe. Is, is kind of where, where okay. I'm at with it. It's, right. it's interesting and cringe. Interesting cringe, right? Most mostly cringe. Good but, take. Good but take. Yeah, yeah. How about how about you? How are you feeling about it? I I think it's a bad movie. Yeah. Um. And my I have a very like low bar for I love movies. So yeah. I even love bad movies. Yeah. And in a way, I kind of I kind of like this movie too, even yeah. though it's a bad movie. But my bar is: Do I enjoy watching this movie? And I don't really enjoy watching this movie. Like, okay. it's, like even when I was so, so, so basically, if you enjoy watching the film, then that gets it out of the bad house. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, you know, even a bad movie that's enjoyable, like that still has merit. And yeah. this isn't this isn't even in the so bad it's good category. In, like when people talk about this me being a, a midnight movie, like a Rocky Horror Picture Show or um, The Room, the Tommy Wiseau classic. Yeah. Um, like those movies are so bad, they're good. Well, Rocky Horror is not a bad movie. It never was a bad yeah, movie. It's a yeah, yeah. I was movie. gonna say you be you be careful, it's a man. Great movie. The fucking squad of the come room for you. is a so bad it's good movie. Yeah. Um, but this is not enjoyable like that. I can't see myself like choosing to buy a ticket to see this movie at a midnight showing for what? Like, to not, just, like not even in a packed theater full of rowdy drunks but screaming for, at the but screen. But what are we gonna do? Like, are we just gonna like jeer at like the terrible choices made in the movie? Like, yeah. I mean, actually, now that you mentioned. It, yeah, I'm not because sure even, that would feel good. Because even if it's a dark comedy, there's like very little that actually makes me laugh out loud in it. Even though I know that it's like, I'm with you. I think it's a very cringy movie. Yeah. Um, it's is it interesting? Yes, it's a very interesting movie. Yeah. And I feel like there's an alternate universe where there is a good version of this movie because I can see potential in the movie. Yeah. I just don't think this movie is it. Yeah. I think I think that it's a pretty misguided. 
and uh, flawed movie, and definitely, I think, Paul Verhoeven's worst feature. Well, I, maybe not his worst feature, but definitely one of his worst features. I was going to say, that's, that's a bold... That's a bold... <laughs> That's a bold assertion. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Verhoeven. I love your work, but Showgirls is just, eh. And yeah. I, don't e- I don't even know. I don't think it's successful as a straight drama. I don't think it's successful even as a satire. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like What's the it's thing? a movie that like, doesn't know what it is. We can't, yeah, we can't, even, we can't even put our finger on how much of it is satire and how much of it is just, like, playing it straight. So, like, right there, that's kind of... That's kind of your first clue. So the only reason to watch this movie is really just to analyze and discuss it like we did today. So sorry, you guys who watched this movie, because I'm telling you it's a bad movie now. But but yes. Sure, you're right, you fucking nerds. (laughs) (laughs) But at least you had fun, like, going with us on this journey. Yeah. And and I I hope that you stick with us for (laughs) more gratuitous sex and violence. But yeah, I I just don't think it's a good movie. Yeah. So... I, I, yeah, I don't hate that take. I don't hate that take yeah. at all. No. So that pretty much wraps it up for this uh, week's episode of Gratuitous Sex and Violence. Um, my name, again, was Orlando. And I'm Ned. And I want to thank you all for listening to Gratuitous Sex and Violence. Now go I out there. thank you too. And now go out there and watch some movies. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. Just sex. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. I hope we're gonna have some gratuitous sex and violence. Just sex. You guys always bring the very best violence. Just sex. I hope we're gonna have some gratuitous sex and violence. Yes. You guys always bring the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. You guys always bring the very best violence. Yes. I hope we're gonna have some gratuitous sex and violence. Just sex. You guys always bring the very best violence.